It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to the show. And uh, all week we've been talking about Georgia. Georgia has been on our mind, uh, on the minds of the country, actually, because, uh, as you know, there's a couple U.S. Senate seats that could uh, either make President-elect Joe Biden happy <laughs> or make President-elect Joe, um, Joe Biden sad. And y'all, we brought on the dean of the Georgia State Legislature uh, this week, uh, Calvin Smyre. And when I say dean, y'all, I mean it's because he is the longest elected state representative in the state of Georgia. The guy has been a legislator since he was 26 years old. Now, I'm not going to tell you how old he is now because I don't do that. <laughs> but Representative Smyre, how you doing, Dean? Sean, how are you, my friend? It's good to hear your voice, and um, I hope all is well with you and your family. We are doing great, man, especially after this election. Uh, but there's more work to do. Uh, so welcome to the show, man. And, and as I said earlier, the eyes of the country are, are on Georgia. And these two U.S. Senate uh, races that you got, uh, what's the mood on the ground there? Well, you know, to some extent, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, the fact of the matter, uh, uh, Georgia has not received this much attention in, uh, in, 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 a, in, in, I don't think, historically in a long, long time, if ever. And uh, the, the fact of the matter is the um, balance of power is uh, runs through Georgia. And uh, we have not been on the political scene in terms of the presidential election since 1992, uh, when uh, Bill Clinton won Georgia. And, of course, we have not won Georgia uh, since uh, 1992, 28 years ago. So the mere fact that uh, 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 Joe Biden and Kamala Harris carried Georgia is a phenomenal thing. And I'm I'm excited because I'm a, I'm a presidential elector, right? Uh, wow. For Biden, and that's right. Uh, and, uh, and 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 I was and the last time I voted was in 1992. I was a presidential elector for Bill Clinton as well. So so it's a it's a, it's a major uh, activity going on in in Georgia. Two U.S. Senate races at the same time, and so there's uh, a lot of lot of excitement and a uh, lot of lot of political engagement going on well listen man I, I you as you're talking i'm sitting here like man i can't believe we're talking to calvin spirey right now, oh, <laughs> uh, come on now. <laughs> listen man uh you know here in north north florida we have we're inundated with the television commercials right because um some of the georgia markets overlap uh to the north florida area and and man we we getting tired of them, so I can only imagine what y'all are going through there in in, in Georgia. Are, are folks still paying attention up there? I mean, do you get the feel that there's any political fatigue at all after such a huge, huge presidential race? No question about it. Uh, that I, I hear about that all the time about the ads, and and when you have the candidate running the ads, when you have independent political um, uh, political action committee running ads, and uh, uh, the, the 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 last number I heard that the TV buy in Georgia is three hundred eighty million dollars. Wow, and man, those are Flo- those that, are Florida numbers. Man, that's it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's just this is almost incredible that. And when I tell you they run, uh, Sean, I'm, I, when I say back to back to back, that's that's how they. And almost one runs, then the other one answers, and I mean, it just goes back and forth <laughs> and. Uh, so I, I think I think the public has a little little political uh, fatigue, and I'm hearing that people are you know joining, watching independent stations just to get away from the commercials for a little while, and 
and uh, and get back to normal programming. Well, you've done several campaigns. You've been a student of politics your whole life. Do the ads really matter now? I mean, isn't this a race just about turnout now? I agree with you 100%, and that's why we've been emphasizing those of us who've uh, been around uh, you know, the campaigns for a long time. Uh, the the ads are, are, are sort of a, 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 a opinionated, and uh, we call it a, a very high aerial uh, aerial uh, view of a campaign. And uh, when you're running via electronic media, but we've been trying to emphasize uh, some ground activity because uh, what you're trying to do this uh, particular thing is flush the vote. You're trying to have a good uh, GOTV get-out-the-vote effort on the ground. And so many, many organizations have been engaged uh, to uh, uh, get the people uh, in tuned in, get them excited, put some enthusiasm on the ground, and uh, and have a little uh, flesh-to-flesh type of uh, campaigning. Of course, under, under the uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic we're in, it's a little bit more difficult to do, but there has to be some some activity on the ground. And we've been doing a lot of car cavalry vans. We've been doing a lot of uh, uh, outdoor activities, rallies, and, uh, and engaging people in that uh, in that way with a lot of bus tours and and just just keeping people uh, excited and tuned in and and uh, and connected. People don't understand, but that's that's a key element too to. Be connected to the campaign, have that umbilical cord connected to the communities and to the public at large. And, uh, and the only way you can do that is be on the ground and have uh, some contact with the voters. If you do it strictly by electronic media, then uh, the, 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 you make people knowledgeable, but you don't push them to the polls. Yeah, you know, I, I we've been getting emails, and even here in Florida, of, of, of fundraising and, and all kind of things going on there. Yeah, for this race, and I know that that the the state's proud of Stacey Abrams, and and uh, you know you got Keisha Lance Bottoms there, you got you there. I mean, it, money's not an issue though, right? I mean, because I mean, is Joe Biden and, and and Kamala Harris are they helping in this effort to sort of uh, make sure they win uh, the Senate? Um, they they certainly are. They, in fact, our uh, Biden Harris team is still working on the ground. In fact, I talked. Uh, uh, with uh, with our uh, some of our team members almost on a daily basis, so we're engaged as as a as the Biden Harris team was involved in the, in the campaign. Uh, Joe Biden is will be uh, coming back to Georgia, and uh, and uh, so when you think about that, uh, I'm not sure yet of, of the of the of vice president elect, uh, but she has she was here doing the regular campaign uh, leading up to the general election. So I think you will see uh, some of the, the uh, surrogates coming back, and I know, um, uh, I, know I know that's welcomed by the by the, by the senatorial campaigns, uh, uh, Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. So and uh, and then we have uh, a, a, a PSC race as well, Daniel Blackman. So we we um, we we we're looking forward to it, and um, and uh, January is. Um, upon us and uh and we're looking forward to to these uh, elections well speaking of, of stacy abrams i mean the, it looks like the future of georgia politics is bright 
uh, with leaders like Stacy and with Keisha and as the dean, I know you sort of look at this and, 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 and see that it looks like, you know, it looks like a new day and looks like there's there's a lot of runway for uh, democratic politics in Georgia. Uh, do you I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, I don't live there, so I, I it's just my sense from um, from Florida. Is Georgia now in play every election cycle, you think? The, the demographic in Georgia has changed. There are a lot of uh, younger. There are more um, 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 uh, diversity. And uh, the, while the state is growing, I think that the, 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 the bulk of that is is um, the bulk of that is is a more democratic leaning and more pro- progressive voter. So with that in mind, um, uh, that 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 bodes well for the state. Uh, and and the, the, I think the politics and the numbers are trending that way. And uh, it showed us that uh, several years ago when we started uh, a lot of uh, metro counties uh, turning blue. And, uh, and that's because of the state's growth. That's because of a lot of younger people moving to Georgia. That's because a lot of more diversity has come to Georgia. And, uh, and we've been able to balance off the urban versus the rural. So with that in mind, you, you, you have that um, you have that. Uh, that's attributable to 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 um, to the politics and, and the numbers changes. So I think Georgia uh, going forward would be a state that will be in play politically because of the uh, it's all about the numbers and and, uh, and continuing to register people to, to vote and, and, and a lot of organizations have been involved in that. Uh, we you know we got um, uh, Stacey Abrams of course uh, on, on the national level we got. Uh, Kishland's Bottoms, and we've got a lot of organizational people uh, that are working uh, organizationally throughout the, um, the People's Agenda. They're here in Atlanta, and and uh, so we got we got a lot of organizations. The Democratic Party of Georgia, uh, our chair uh, Nikita Williams, and, and, and uh, Congresswoman Elect uh, Nikita Williams, and and so we got a lot of we got a lot of groundwork going on, and uh, and again, I like to just emphasize that the, the, the Biden Harris team is still on the ground, and uh, and our organization is is working very well, and I keep in touch with with them uh, uh, in terms of the, the politics uh, of the day, and um, and uh, and I think it bodes well for us. Well, listen, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to uh, Representative Calvin Smyre. He's called the Dean of the legislature in Georgia uh, because he's 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 been the conscious um, for Democrats in the state for a very long time. Um, Calvin, do you and Georgians, do you all look forward to expect or hope that um, that Stacey Abrams or Keisha Lance Bottoms or some other major figure in Georgia ends up with a, a major appointment in the Biden Harris administration? You know that's uh, you know I, I think that that that's something that we're all um, um, looking forward to, and of course we're in touch with the uh, transition team, and, uh, and 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 I'm sure from a personal basis, everybody's letting everybody know what they're interested in. So uh, I think that I'm I'm really pleased with uh, with 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 with, with uh, what uh, the Biden Harris team has done so far thus far. And uh, I'm one always uh, looking for diversity and uh, uh, in, in, in the administration. I think he's gotten off on, uh, to a great start. And uh, so with that in mind, 
I would hope that that would continue and uh, and uh, and at some point in time, someone in Georgia will be um, will be tapped. Kishlas uh, 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 Bottom was a was one of the earliest and strongest very supporters of, of the Biden campaign. Yeah, and, very early. And uh, I came right after her. I, I, yes, uh, I got on early over a year and a half before the campaign started. I mean, during the campaign and. And she was an early supporter as well, and going around the country. And I know they uh, have um, have her uh, involved in, in in the process. So, uh, but she was a very very early uh, supporter of of, of, uh, of Joe Biden and, uh, and the Biden Harris ticket. Well, I want to pivot a little bit. Thank you for all of that. And and of course, we all here in Florida, you know, we're rooting for y'all and doing what we can to 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 help uh, make that happen. Um, and Georgia's already been, uh, I think, the, 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 the hero in this, this thing. And I hope that we see some of that reflected in, in people that are put in high places, uh, in, in DC. But I do want to pivot a little bit because I can't let you get off this phone without letting the people get to know you a little better. Uh, Representative Smyre, you've had uh, an incredible political career. You were, the youngest state legislator, legislator elected in Georgia when you were just 26. You served uh, as the first black floor leader in Georgia's history. Uh, you're a key figure in the world of finance, including being the executive VP uh, of Sonovas Financial uh, Corporation. Did I say that right? Is that Sonovas? Yes, Sonovas. Okay. Sonovas. All right. I just wanted to say Florida. that name twice. I just wanted to say Florida's that name Florida's one of our... One of the, one, we're in, we're in five southern states, and Florida is one of our states. So we're happy to be a, a, that Florida is one of our states of our footprint. Well, you're the executive VP there, um, and so congratulations for that. But but out of all the things you've done, what what what? Tell us, let us pull back the curtain a little bit. What are you most proud of? Well, I'm retired now from Sonoma's after 38 years, and uh, retired executive vice president of corporate affairs and uh, president of the Sonoma's Foundation, and uh, so I'm I'm really I'm really pleased with with the career that I had with Sonovas and um, one of my proudest moments uh, since I've been elected to office is I have a very high passion for higher ed. I chaired the higher education committee of the Georgia um, House of Representative for six years, and I believe in pulling others up by the bootstraps. I, I think that education is the escalator to upward mobility. Uh, is is a key to all keys to be a more productive citizen, and so I try to instill in a lot of young people and my passion for education. and And one of my proudest moments was uh, back in August when our chairman and CEO Kelso Stellings called me and wanted to talk about the social injustices that existed in our communities, and he had an idea of uh, providing a a, a grant um, to United Negro College Fund and. Uh, and we talked about it, and he said he wanted to donate a million dollars. And I told him how impactful that would be and, and would change generations to come. And he said, well, the other part of that, we're going to name it after you. And wow. uh, so I was deeply honored oh, that, man. that I, my, my, my company, yes. Sonovas, uh, contributed a million dollars to United Negro College Fund in uh, a scholarship uh, called Sonovas, uh, the Calvin Smiley Scholarship Fund. So to me, that's a cap, you know, as you're leaving and you're retiring and, and the company will do something in your honor is, is, of course, a very significant and singular honor. And I'm 
I'm deeply appreciated. Make my, you know, make, something like that makes your jaw, jaw drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially the amount of money. I mean, they, it, that wasn't just, that wasn't just a gesture. I mean, that was, no, that, that was a statement. That, that was, was a statement. statement. Absolutely. And then you look at the political side of the equation. Uh, I think one of the most significant events that occurred in Georgia's history was the changing of the state flag. And uh, it, it changed the, 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 the scope of Georgia. Georgia is now known as one of the top states uh, to do business in. And that would have never occurred had we not changed the state flag. Had we not changed the cultural aspect of our state. And we did that back in the early 2000s. And it made a difference in Georgia. It made a difference from an economic standpoint. It made a difference from a perception standpoint, culturally and otherwise. And uh, so I think uh, uh, being involved in that and being the one of the persons that helped sponsor that legislation, I think, uh, is, is, is is something that I will always wear with, uh, with the badge of honor. And then the third one, the last one I mentioned, is the one just recently occurred. Um, we've, you know, when you in the, in the era of social justice and equality and and uh, uh, the need of equity in our in our system. Of diversity, inclusion, and and, uh, and criminal justice, and, and civil um, unrest, um, hate hate comes into the equation, and uh, you've seen the, the the murders and the unjust uh, uh, act of violence that we've had in our in our country, and of course, uh, Armand Arbery was gone and murdered down in, in broad daylight in Georgia. Yep, that's and, right. Uh, and Georgia was one of the four states in the nation without a hate crime bill. And uh, this year, uh, 2020, uh, we passed a hate crime bill, and I was one of the co-sponsors of it. And to me, that's a proud moment that, uh, that uh, we won't tolerate hate in Georgia. And if you hate and you commit a crime, then you're going to be punished under the uh, 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 annotated codes of Georgia. There's a Georgia law saying now we will not tolerate hate in our state. So hate crimes is, is a, is a, whether it's a, a gender, sex, uh, sexual orientation, disability, no matter what the uh, matter is, and then you will be sentenced uh, 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 under our hate crime bill. So, so now we won't have to hear that Georgia is one of the four states in the nation without a hate crime bill. So so that's another uh, arena that I'm very, very proud of because it changes the narrative in your state. It changes the political landscape. And uh, so that's something that I, I, um, I'm I very, very proud of. Well, listen, those are all very significant things to be proud of. So uh, we, we share that. <laughs> We're proud of them also. And, uh, wow, 2020. That is a silver lining in 2020 that y'all passed the hate crime bill. So congratulations for that. And, you know, you're talking about significant issues, and it makes me think about the the Biden administration. And I wonder what your thoughts are uh, as it relates to President-elect and Vice President-elect and their administration. What do you think they need to do first? Well, you know, I, as I look at this, and, and, and I, you know, I have a friend, Darren Johnson, who is um, uh, one of the noted political minds. Good man, good man. We, I know Darren yeah, very we, well. Good man. We, we share notes together, and uh, he was involved in the uh, Biden Harris campaign. And he and I talk often. And um, and 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 just when you when you start, you know, have a friend and you talk a lot. I think that, in my opinion, the, the, the healthcare, the pandemic is 
is the most um, startling thing that that are uh, staring us in the face. And and I heard uh, President-elect Biden um, the other day making his speech about his first 100 days in in office, and uh, and, and so. I totally agree uh, with his uh, concept of um, wearing a mask and and giving attention to the to the first 100 days of his administration and and, and have it based on uh, the COVID-19 and solving the pandemic in our country. I don't think there's anything more important that 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 you could do uh, in the first 100 days is give uh, a strong attention to. Um, to the pandemic and the COVID-19 and trying to get this under control uh, and, um, and, and during the course of uh, rolling out a vaccine and also uh, engaging the public, uh, trying to make everybody uh, participate in solving this issue. It's, it's, it's one thing for the public policy people to do something, but it's another thing for the general public to participate in the process. So this is a uh, this is something that all of us can, can participate in, in, in the, as the public and as elected officials. So I'm, I'm, I was very, very pleased to hear him lay out uh, his uh, his intention of uh, what he's going to be doing in the first 100 days to try to bring uh, some normalcy back to our lives by, by overcoming COVID-19 and the pandemic of which we're living in in the present day. Well, it's, it's interesting that every day on the news now, it's like every day is a broken, is another record for uh, folks who've uh, attracted the, the disease and now even the deaths. Um, every day is a new record. So we, we, we're going to end 2020, but we're going to start 2021 with a big job to do. And we're going to all have to join hands and do it together. So I, I echo um, what you just said. And last thing, and we're going to let you go. And thank you for the time today. Uh, let me say that uh, right off the bat because I know how busy you are. Um, talk to, in, in, in a few seconds, talk to the folks in South Georgia who listen to this show, the folks in, in uh, Cairo, the, the folks in Albany, um, the folks in Camilla, the folks in Tifton, the folks in Thomasville, um, all those cities in South Georgia. And I'm, living, I'm leaving out some, Cordell. I mean, all these places, uh, Valdosta. Talk to them. You, 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 you're making a roll call. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, um, because I know they listen. Uh, tell them why they need to vote on January 5th. Very simple. Our lives depend on it. And, and that's a simple phrase. But it's, 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 so, it's, it's so loaded and so important. Uh, I say it quite often that um, this past election is the most consequential election of our lifetime. And, uh, and now uh, here comes a replay uh, with, with uh, what's in, in the balance uh, here in, in, in our nation and in our state of Georgia. So uh, this is an, these opportunities don't come but once in a lifetime. And uh, why would you sit it out? Why, why, would, why would you participate? Why would you be engaged? Uh, people have died for us to have the right to vote. And only this one thing that just disheartens me is when I get the numbers after the elections and see the number of people that uh, Sean that did not exercise uh, their right to vote. It's, it's just so disheartening. So I try to 
be upbeat about it uh, and, and try to instill in people the need and why they should be. And it's very simple. Your lives depend on it. When you go to vote, you're voting for the mood of your country. You're voting whether or not you want your country to be united or whether you want your country to be divided. And and uh, and quality of life, every time you go to vote, you're voting for quality of life. You're voting for uh, how your family and your community is going to uh, be, be uh, what kind of life, and what kind of existence is going to be there. So... So it's just simple. Our lives depend upon it. That's, it's, it, 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 can't, it can't be some more succinctly than that, that our lives uh, depend on it. Absolutely. And so uh, South Georgia, you heard it from the dean. Uh, get out there on January 5th. Dean, thank you. Uh, we'll we'll thank be you, in man. touch. And uh, it, it, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. And I look forward to seeing you and soon. And I'm looking forward to seeing you and uh, my prayers to be able to see you soon, uh, normal conditions. And um, I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Yes, sir. Uh, listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back with a short Pittman point right after this. You're listening to The Sean Pittman Show. It's time for Pittman's Point. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show. A huge, huge thank you to Representative Calvin Smyre, y'all, the dean of the Florida legislature, uh, for joining us this morning. It was great to get an on-the-ground perspective in Georgia uh, as the elections draw near. And you heard his message to all of you in South Georgia and all Georgians. uh, But in the sound of my voice, uh, get out and vote on January 5th. Now it's time for the Pittman point. And y'all, let's just keep it simple. covid is here still. We are ending 2020 and COVID continues to rise. On every news channel, every day, record numbers of people getting the disease and now record numbers of people dying from the disease. Hospital beds are not as available as they normally are because, well, yes, we're in a pandemic, but y'all, this thing's not getting better. So, Let's listen to Biden. Let's wear the mask for 100 days. And for all of you out there who, you know, you keep saying, I'm glad this year's over and 2020 was a terrible year and I'm glad it's it's behind, about to be behind us. Listen, y'all, the year may change, but in 2021, we're still dealing with this pandemic and we still got work to do. Thank you, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for asking us to wear our mask for 100 days. So who's going to do it? Will you raise your hand out there? I'm looking. I can see. Will you wear your mask for 100 days? The Pittman point today is very, very simple. If I wear mine, will you wear yours? This has been the Sean Pittman Show. We'll see you in seven. 